Hey guys, this is Alicia, and you're listening to Goodness, an advice podcast brought to you by a feminist, socialist, pro-choice, pro-evolution Christian lady. I love to help people, especially women. I named this podcast Goodness because that's what I hope to bring into the world. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi goodness, I have a friend with a really short temper and anger issues. It makes it impossible to confront them and have meaningful conversations when issues arise, and they arise often. Do you have any advice on how to approach someone like that? I'm afraid we're getting into toxic friendship territory, and if their behavior continues, I might have no choice but to end the friendship. Thanks, G. Hi G, thanks for writing to me, first of all. From your letter, I'm going to assume that your friend has some redeeming qualities because it's usually easier to let go of an obviously bad friend than to work through that compassion and frustration we feel with friends that we love but who put the burdens of their emotional issues on us. It also sounds like you have sincerely tried several times to confront these issues that often arise and that you've been rebuffed or been met with anger. So I think at this point the question is, Should you let go of this difficult friend that you love? And if so, how? Before we start to work through these questions, I think we should take a moment to try to understand your friend a little bit better. What produces anger in a person? Anger that makes its way beyond the normal circumstances of everyday life and becomes embedded in someone's heart as their default emotional reaction. I read a really fascinating article by a psychologist, Dr. Harry Mills, on this topic. Dr. Mills characterizes anger as a substitute emotion, quotation marks, meaning that sometimes people make themselves angry so they don't have to feel other feelings. To quote the article called The Psychology of Anger, being angry rather than simply in pain has a number of advantages, primarily among them distraction. People in pain generally think about their pain However, angry people think about harming those who have caused pain. Part of the transmutation of pain into anger involves an attention shift from self-focus to other focus. Anger thus temporarily protects people from having to recognize and deal with their painful real feelings. You get to worry about getting back at the people you're angry with instead. Making yourself angry can help you to hide the reality that you find a situation frightening or that you feel vulnerable. In addition to provide a good smoke screen for feelings of vulnerability, becoming angry also creates a feeling of righteousness, power, and moral superiority that is not present when someone is merely in pain. When you are angry, you are angry with cause. The people who have hurt me wrong and they should be punished is the common refrain. It is very rare that someone will get angry with someone they do not think has harmed them in some significant fashion. So there are a lot of layers here and I don't know if I agree with everything, but I think the important thing to note is that even though your friend may outwardly display the emotional cues of anger, in reality they could be feeling a number of other emotions, including vulnerability, fear, pain, etc. I'm sure you're familiar with the image of the iceberg in the ocean. The tip of the iceberg, visible above sea level, is the outward display of our emotions, our speech, our actions, etc. 
However, most of the iceberg is underneath the water, not visible upon first glance. Your friend's angry words draw from a deep well of motivations that could include past traumas, lies that your friend believes about themselves and the world, or a number of other experiences that form how they think the universe works. Understanding people's underberg, air quotes, is really important. At the same time, it is not okay to place the burden of our emotions onto other people. It's not your job as a friend to bear the brunt of unhealed wounds, especially if you've already expressed discomfort at this behavior. As adults, we are responsible for our words and our actions, and your friend's actions have brought negative consequences to your relationship. So, to fight or to fly, G. You said that you were getting into toxic friend territory, and that is the thing that might prompt you to end the friendship. Obviously, I'm not a trained therapist in any shape or form um i can't say whether your friendship is toxic that's not a diagnosis that i can make um however i will say that this toxic thing i think it's more of a trendy label that we love to use right now it's in fashion toxic friendships toxic boyfriends girlfriends etc i don't know if i agree with these categories because i think we're all a little bit messed up sometimes more than others To me, labeling a person or a relationship as toxic kind of almost ignores the fluidity and nuance of ourselves and our relationships and also diminishes our ability and sense of agency to change both of those things ourselves and our relationships. Because once someone or something is toxic, we are given permission to wash our hands of that and walk away from the relationship without further assessment or investigation into both the other party and ourselves. My point is, I don't think that the friendship you're in has to fit this label of toxic in order for you to take a step back. I think the best indicator of whether you should do so is your internal scale, your gut instincts. The love, support, and understanding that your friend shows you. How does it measure against the anger, against the tempers? Are you consistently walking away from your time together drained and exhausted? Does this happen more often than not? When you spend time and talk together, do you feel that your friend is equally interested in your life as you are in theirs? You can see what I'm getting at here. Is, is your friendship reciprocal? Is there a balance between the parties? Or is your friend's anger all-consuming, allowing no breathing room for the exchange of love and support that we all crave from our friends? As time goes on, your gut and your inner compass knows the answer to these questions because subconsciously we do take note of these exchanges of love or lack thereof. So there's a period of calm consideration and reflection that is needed here. And if the answer is that the scales are not balanced in this friendship and that it's more harmful than helpful, then you can adjust your boundaries accordingly. I would like to encourage you to see this process of adjusting your boundaries as a spectrum and not an in or an out decision. Meaning my fight or flight phrasing was a bit of a fake out before. (laughs) So at one end of the spectrum is status quo, right? Nothing changes. And then at the other end is completely walking away from this friend and severing all future contact, just shutting that door forever. In the middle of those two, there's actually a wide range of options you have in order to maybe still provide support and yet take care of your own heart. Is it that you cut back on frequency and the depth of your interactions? Is it that the time that you spend together are confined to group 
settings. And the ultimate millennial option, do you become friends, your friend's biggest advocate, and support on Snapchat? I'm kind of joking, but not really. I mean, there are people in my social media circles that I don't invest the same amount of time and energy into as my closest friends. But I'm still there to give well wishes during life events like birthdays, engagements, children, etc, etc. If your current relationship with your friend is such that this gradual stepping back would be appropriate and a fairly smooth transition, you then have the option of performing this process without needing to give explicit reasons for doing so. However, if your friendship is such that any boundary adjusting would in itself be noticed and cause your friend to initiate conflict, then I would encourage you to be proactive and give an explicit indication to your friend that you would like to adjust the boundaries of your friendship. There's a great sentiment expressed in Ephesians 4.15 about speaking the truth in love, that balance. Do you, with love and compassion, speak the truth about your reasons for needing space and stepping back from the friendship? Full disclosure at this point, I have never had this conversation before, uh, in person especially, so I'm not actually going off personal experience here, really just mm, taking an educated guess from your letter. In light of your friend's anger issues, I would think about maybe a written response, either in addition to a direct face-to-face talk or maybe even instead of one. I have a feeling that your friend would react first with anger, right? Substituting any feelings of surprise, vulnerability, or pain that they might experience. This means that in the heat of the moment, your truth and love that you're speaking might get lost. Therefore, I think it would be a wise decision to have additional material to send to your friend so that when they have kind of gotten over that initial reaction, they can reflect upon what you want to say and they can better understand your true reasons for stepping away, which are not unkind. If you decide to walk away from the friendship altogether instead of adjusting your boundaries, I do think that an explicit indication honors the friendship and dignity of both parties. Open parentheses, however the final decision is up to you, and I support your journey either way, exclamation mark, close parentheses. So the door doesn't have to be shut forever, G. People can change, and there might come a day in the future where you do reconnect with your friend. Now that's not to say you have some sort of obligation to keep an eye on how they're doing for signs of progress, but rather it's it's a thought that I hope will alleviate the pressure of making a decision. Because life is long. We move through seasons of friendship and I think grace towards yourself is needed in order for you to make this decision without too much guilt or self-doubt. As an aside, I would encourage you to reflect upon the lead up to the situation, how everything's unfolded to the place where it is now. And I would encourage you to think about what you have learned about yourself and other people in this journey. I'm really proud of you, G, that you have recognized the sanctity of your own emotional well-being and that you are taking proactive steps to tend to your own heart and kind of control what you let in or don't let into your heart. Too often, I think, we protect other people's emotions better than our own. To close out, however you choose to move forward, know that your steady support and friendship has not been in vain. Your presence in your friend's life, whether or not it continues to be so, is a part of their journey and their story now, without which they would probably be worse off. So, 
I hope that you can give yourself credit for that because it is a good thing to be a friend. That's it. Thanks for listening. Gee, I hope that this has been helpful. Feel free to write back to me. And if you have a question, please write to me at goodness.advice at gmail.com. That's goodness.advice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I will um, chat with you guys next time.